COVID-19, oh, we need a vaccine at this moment. It means everything. Please wear your mask and stay six feet back. Total shutdown. COVID-19. From the center of University Circle, it's two middle-aged men in Cleveland, featuring the manager of the band Night Ranger, Ed Rapetti. And now, the only thing better than apple pie and ice cream, Ken Gorsnick and Ted Clock. We are back for another episode of Two Middle-Aged Men in Cleveland, episode 18, Ted Klopp and Ken Dworznik. Exciting times. We have a great show coming up. But, Ted, yes. I believe you have some breaking news at the home my front. My children and my wife have returned. They have returned. Now, are you and saying that because you're surprised they returned or that they just returned? No, they, they were expected to return. And with it comes the chaos that I am used to experiencing. But it is a good chaos and it was last Thursday evening when they got back at about 9.30, 10 o'clock. I was very much looking forward to their arrival. Haven't seen them in about three weeks. They had pulled into the driveway. I walked outside. My eldest son, who is nine, was the first one out of the car. He came around the corner. It was kind of dark, and he was surprised that I was standing there. He ran up and gave me a giant hug and wouldn't let go. It was tremendous. That's great. And my youngest son was next out of the car. He, I said, I missed you. And he said, oh, I missed you too, Daddy. I love you. So that was, it was great. It was a highlight. My, my middle son is the least affectionate of the three, and so I had to prod him a bit to get a hug. But it's been good. Uh, it's, it's great to have him back. And those are special times when... They come back and it just reinforces the relationship that you have and that they're excited to see you and they are as excited to see you as you are to see them. There's no doubt about that. I experienced that when I had my opportunity to see my kids and yeah, it's, it's awesome. You know, you, you feel, as they call it, feeling the love between right. one another, which is That's exciting. right. And oh, by the way, my wife also came back. <clears throat> oh. <laughs> <laughs> I probably should have said that first. We can well, recut this if needed. Yeah, so, okay. Well, we'll edit that part. That. I'll just put that in before the thing about the kids. But yeah. Ted, what do we have coming up on the show? We're going to talk to the manager of the band Night Ranger, who also runs a canine search company. We're going to tell you about a world record for something that is 42 and a half inches tall in Klopp's Clips. An all-star lineup of musicians celebrates the opening of the Rock Hall 25 years ago. You'll learn more about that in This Week in Cleveland History. And Vice President Joe Biden makes our misspeak of the week. Forecast Roulette with the official, 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 the official meteorologist of two middle-aged men in Cleveland, Fox 8's Scott Sable. Another segment, a highlight of any show we are able to have him on. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the official meteorologist of two middle-aged men in Cleveland, Fox 8's Scott Sable. I'm glad we don't pay Big Voice Jay by the word. 
because we'd be broke. <laughs> but anyhow, Fox 8 Scott Sable is back with us. Well, so far we've done our Sarsawak Greenland and Bacon Level Alabama, Scott. And we've got some interesting cities on the wheel this week. I hope you're ready. I'm ready. Now, Ken, last week you spun the wheel. Should I spin it this time? Yeah, but spin it backwards. See if it goes backwards. Oh, Does it okay. go both ways, or what do we got here? Is it like in Ferris Bueller's when you would drive the car backwards, the odometer goes backwards? That's exactly oh, right. That's what I'm okay. thinking. Will different cities show up if you go backwards? Well, okay. let's find out. Here we go. All right. Here it is. Well, give it a spin. I mean, hit All this right. Thing. Let's go. It's going. And here it comes. All right. There it is. Oh, boy. I think we do have a problem with, with spinning backwards because this is, I don't, I'm not familiar with this. Awagadugu Burkina Faso. Awagadugu, formerly known as Upper Volta, by the way, in case you're wondering. All you How do you know that right away? Well, I say Awagadugu Burkina Faso, and right away you've got what it used to be called. It is one of the, and I believe this is true, one of the only, if not the only, country capitals that starts with the letter O. Mm. So Ouagadougou, Burkina, I believe that's in West Central Africa, if I'm not mistaken. The we have forecast a forecast for, uh, for, for Ouagadougou, Burkina Faso yeah. is mostly sunny, low humidity, with a high of 102. Mm. Oh my gosh. Oh, wow. They're probably going to need some Ouagadougou if it's that hot. Is this where I use the word ointment? Is that how that works? Well, I yeah. think I had some Ouagadougou on my foot, but the doctor well, didn't, so. That's a personal okay. problem, but whatever. All right. Well, there we go. Another forecast, another successful game of forecast roulette. And we, we thank you, Mr. Sable, and we will uh, attempt to uh, get another forecast with you sometime soon here. Good deal. Forecast Roulette, with the official, 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 the official meteorologist of two middle-aged men in Cleveland, Fox 8's Scott Sable. Have you heard about Anchor? I'm not talking about the one for a boat. This is the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcast, and many more. You can make money for your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm. To get started. Blah blah blah. 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 Our next segment is Let's Talk. We're gonna talk with a gentleman who is a nineteen eighty-eight graduate of Pato Franciscan High School. He's the former manager of the Hard Rock Cafe in Las Vegas, Nevada. 
He is a chef by trade, but always had a love of law enforcement and now is fulfilling his passion. He's also a fan of music, being a part of the Brian and Joe Morning Show Band and also spends time with many different musicians and now is fulfilling another dream as a tour manager of a popular band. Let's talk with the Renaissance man, Ed Ripepe. Ed, how are you today? Thanks for joining us. Hey guys, how are you? I'm well, thank you. Renaissance man, wow. Yeah. How do you do it all? I'm like so, a handyman. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and my first question for you, how did you get started in the food industry and what inspired you to get into that business? I would have to say that when I was back in high school, my brother was going to invest in a restaurant and just it, it just blew my mind away. I'm like, oh, what is this all about? Then I started pursuing like different colleges and looking at their culinary programs. And I said, ah, this, this could be a run for my money. So I'd like to you know, keep going forward with it. And uh, I was always heavy. So uh, what chef don't you trust that's not heavy, you know? That's exactly right. <laughs> if they're not eating their own food, whose food are they eating, right? Exactly. Your first job working at the Hard Rock Cafe in Las Vegas? I left Cleveland with two bags, a computer, and drove across the country to Las Vegas because I figured with my education and a little bit of experience that that was the best place to go to. And little did I realize when I got there how cutthroat it was because my education was higher than a lot of people that were there. And they were very intimidated the fact that I would take their job. So I had to dummy it a little bit just to get in the door. I had three different times I interviewed with the Hard Rock and three different times they said no. And finally, I dummied down my uh, resume to look like I was just a glorified line cook. And I got my foot in the door. And then they realized, <laughs> wait, this kid's just not a fry cook. Well, you've owned a lot of small businesses in the past. And a lot of people think that, uh, you know, oh, it's a small business. That, that must be easy to do. Can you talk a little bit about the schedule you take on when you own a well, we, you know, when you're a business owner, you know, you're a millionaire right off the bat. Well, sure. Yeah. Yes. You know. Right. So I started out, I came back home. I worked for the Hard Rock here, had an opportunity to buy a little mom and pop restaurant called Holiday Pizza, which I grew up on. But like Ted, you asked the grind, the hours, the industry itself. I mean, the success ratio is very limited, especially with everything going on now. And then in 2008... You bought a canine dog by the name of Remo and began working yeah. in the search recover track canine unit. And then in 2013, you added another dog, Jet, to the family. Talk about how you got involved working with canine dogs and how everything came to fruition for you with that venture. When 9-11 happened, I had a, a dog. It was a mutt. And I looked at that dog and was like, well, you're not going to be able to do this work. You're getting older and whatnot. So I just started you know, looking into how the canine dog worked and search and rescue and whatnot, investigated the fact that there was a company that brought dogs in from Holland and that's where Remo came from. Started working with a company out of Medina, it just wasn't enough for me, so I created my own company. We were search and rescue, but a lot of people needed more human remains detection than search and rescue. I focused more on to human remains detection. So now I'm a contractor for the federal government. A lot of local police and fire departments use me as well. You know, Remo was a great start. He was a good, solid dog. In that time frame that I had Remo, I learned even more about the canine industry 
And um, one of my good friends, Paul Shaughnessy, who owns Excel Canine Services, he trains, you know, a large amount of police dogs. And, you know, I started approaching him when I noticed Remo was starting to fade a little bit as far as his detection work goes. And then Jet came along and he's a Slovakian German Shepherd. I do a lot of casework. If you see a cadaver dog um, on the news or in the paper, it's usually nine out of 10 times me. It's provided an industry for me that I have a big passion for. So search, recover, track, recovery canine dogs. Talk about the training that the dogs go through. You know, are they able to live with you at your house? Do you go on a lot of searches? How often is the work? That kind of thing. Tell, tell us about that. So, so the initial training, Jet came from Slovakia at nine months old, and I took possession of him at 14 months old. So his training was six weeks, five days a week. Really can't make a mistake with a dead body. You know, it's something that provides a lot of closure to the family members, loved ones, and to the police or fire or, or whatever the investigation is. We've talked about being a chef. We've talked about, obviously, you creating this canine unit, the search, recover, and track. So then... Talking with you last year, knowing your love of music and things like that, you took on a new role that involved being the tour manager of Night Ranger. How, how, did. Did, how did that come together, Ed? <laughs> okay, so let's, let's reverse to 2002. Rock and Roll Fantasy Camp, Los Angeles, California. I looked at, I was traveling one day and I bought a Rob Report magazine just because I wanted to see the new latest Corvette or something was on the cover. And I'm, I'm on an airplane and I'm flipping through the pages and I'm like, there's a rock and roll fantasy camp. And you know, you and I've seen baseball fantasy camps or this and that. And I'm like, there's Brett Michaels, there's Vince Neal, and there's Carmen Apice. Now I'm a drummer. Ozzy Osbourne's drummer was Carmen Apice. Great influence. I'm an 80s kid, Motley Crue and Poison. What better way to like get in front of your ultimate heroes, right? That's and so I'm like, I'm going. Give me the credit card. I don't care how long it takes me to pay it. I'm going, right? I booked my flight. I'm the youngest one at camp. So that's how I met Jack. He was a counselor. Jack Blades from Night Ranger. He was a counselor. So sitting there and we're auditioning. So I'm, I play the drums and they're like, oh, this kid can play the drums pretty good, blah, blah, blah. You know, because again, you're dealing with some guys that just needed a hobby and hey, I'm going to pick up the drums and they had, they made, were making millions and millions of dollars <clears throat> in their everyday life and they just needed an out. So I get with the, I get with the band and Jack's my counselor and Jack and I just started taking to each other and just like the third night we were there, we had a free night and um, we, I said, hey, you guys want to go to Spago? I know Wolfgang Puck. And they all looked at me like I was crazy. Well, I interned for them when I was in culinary school. So they're like, you can't get us in the Spago. And I picked up the phone. And Spago was like the, the place of the stars, you know. We're on Sunset Boulevard and in the middle of, of, of the rock scene and all that. So I pick up the phone. I call. I get a reservation. They're like, Ed knows Wolfgang Puck. <laughs> and I'm like, let's go. So I said, so Jack's there by himself. And I'm like, I'm going to take a flyer on this. I'm like, hey, Jack, do you, a couple of us are going to have dinner tonight at Spago. You want to go? He's like, Spago, I'm there. You know, like right away, he was like, eh, do I really want to go? I'm going to go back and go to bed. And where are you going, Spago? Spago, I'll be downstairs at 7.15. So we go to have dinner, and my, my cheeks hurt me so much, I was laughing and smiling so much because I'm having dinner at Spago, one of my favorite places in the world, with one of the most influential chefs in the world. I'm with two guys that I just met from Baltimore who are amazing, funny guys. Couldn't play a guitar for nothing, but they were great guys at the time. 
and uh, and I'm with Jack Blades from Night Ranger, and so so that's how it started with Jack Blades, and then three more fantasy camps, fiftieth uh, birthday party, their kids' wedding, my wedding. So then, whenever they would come on this side of the world, I would go see them, and Todd was their tour manager for ten years. He would always put me to work. Hey, come here, you want to learn this? I'll show you something. And he was a great influence on me. I mean, he really showed me the back scenes of the rock and roll industry. And, and there's a lot of business end of it on that side of the, of the, the industry. You know, you just think that the guys get up on stage, the pyrotechnics goes off and, and the show and the lighters go up and there's the encore. But there is a enormous amount of planning that goes into every show. And, you know, they would go on cruises. I'd go with them with my wife or they'd do big festivals and Todd would be like, hey, Ed, can you come out and help us? We need some help. It's a lot going on. And I would just learn it from Todd. Then unexpectedly, February 5th of 2019, Todd passed away out of nowhere. Wow. And the first phone call that went out was to me saying, Ed, I need your help. You got to be in Milwaukee. That's where I I went. And... They helped me out and went from there. So I always like to think that everybody has a uh, theme song for their life. When I look at your background, we have food industry, canine search and recover, and tour manager for rock band. Does the song, one of these things is not like the other, mean anything to you? (laughs) Was I born when that song happened? (laughs) I don't know. But... uh, Hey. My wife says I have a unique skill set. You know, uh, well. my daughter's and my daughter's like, you know, when you know your friends are at school and you know she's in grade school at St. Collins, they're like, hey, what does your dad do? And she's like, how much time do you have? <laughs> <laughs> well, Ed, Bye. we appreciate the time. I'm going to leave you with one last question. Okay, you've done all these things in your life. After doing all this, how do you be so successful at all the things that you do and keep everything together? I am extremely organized, I'm extremely loyal, and I'm extremely given. And I think those three things combined together make you a success in anything you do. And Excel, Excel spreadsheets are my best friend. <laughs> there's the well, secret. A, That's what we wanted. Yeah. Excel spreadsheets. That's it. That's yeah. a little bit and, of advice I, for anybody out there. Yep. Well, based on your most recent experience as tour manager for Night Ranger, would you be willing to uh, stick around here and play a little game we call What's That Jam, where we try to identify some song lyrics and see if you can beat Ken at this game? Oh, sure. Stop it's laughing. Don't laugh. <laughs> Stop. I don't have a chance. The misspeak of the week comes from Democratic presidential nominee Joe Biden. Making his first major campaign speech since the convention, he spoke at a steel mill in Pittsburgh and appeared to get a little tongue-tied or something at one point. COVID has taken this year, just since the outbreak, has taken more than 100 years. Look, here's the lives... It's just, it's a, I mean, you think about it. More lives this year than any other year for the past hundred years. Uh-huh. Not sure if he meant COVID has taken more lives this year than any other in the past hundred years. And if that's what he meant, I believe he's accurate. That is the misspeak of the week. Cleveland! This is for you! 
Another edition of This Week in Cleveland History. September 2nd, 1995, the concert for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame at Cleveland Municipal Stadium was held a day after the Rock Hall officially opened. Ted, it was a who's who of musicians that included the following. Bruce Springsteen and Chuck Berry, who started the show doing a duet of Johnny B. Good. Mm. And then the lineup included the following. Bob Dylan, Little Richard, Jerry Lee Lewis, Johnny Cash, Aretha Franklin, Al Green, James Brown, John Fogarty, the Kinks, the Allman Brothers Band, John Mellencamp, or Cougar Mellencamp, whatever you prefer, George Clinton, Bon Jovi, Sheryl Crow, the Pretenders, Iggy Pop, Melissa Etheridge, and Jackson Brown. Holy cow. That- when it was over, more than 65,000 fans enjoyed 41 different combinations of artists playing 68 songs over the course of six hours and 40 minutes. The concert ended at 2.10 a.m. Wow. That has got to be one of the biggest, most star-studded concerts of all time. When have you ever heard of a lineup of that magnitude all together at once? The only thing that would come close to anything like that, from what I remember, obviously I wasn't around at this time, Woodstock. Yeah, okay. Something like Woodstock would be very comparable with a lineup like that. And at the yeah. time, a lot of those artists weren't even that popular yet. I mean, obviously some were, but a lot of, a lot of them were. But sure. what a group. Jeez. <laughs> That's Can you crazy. imagine seeing Bruce Springsteen and Chuck Berry together? Oh, I mean, that alone is probably worth the price of admission. Oh, how about James Brown rolling it out there and Aretha Franklin? <laughs> I mean, I just, wow, unbelievable. That's amazing. And yep. then I'll tell you right now, I, if, I, if I saw something like that, people had to know that this is a monumental concert. I would be surprised to see how many people actually left early for this concert. I, right. I imagine a lot of these people stayed until 210. I guarantee it. I'm just surprised knowing how big that stadium is unless they restricted the size of the crowd, that they only got 65,000 people. Yeah, I think probably because of the setup. I bet you the one end of the stadium they couldn't use because of staging and all that kind of stuff. Probably the end where the dog pound is, is my sure. guess. But sure. uh, wow, what a, what a Cleveland history item to remember. That concert of Rock Hall and Cleveland Municipal Stadium. That's this week in Cleveland history. And now, a woman's perspective. It's a documented fact that women say twice as many words each day as men do. And that's because we have to repeat everything we say to them. This has been A Woman's Perspective. Ted Klopp here for Westminster AV, offering custom audio-visual packages for all occasions, including business meetings, weddings, graduations, banquets, and more. So if you're looking to transform an in-person event to virtual, Westminster AV has a variety of solutions for you. Pharmaceutical companies hosting dinner events can find plenty of professional support from Westminster AV. No event too big nor too small. More information can be found by going to westminsteravcom or give them a call 216-325-6960. The most trusted name in journalism, Klopp's Clips. Another collection of odd news for you here, Ken, and we will begin in Solon, Ohio, 
A witness told police the two women were arguing about driving habits in a parking lot. Does that surprise you, women arguing about driving it, habits? It Anyhow, really surprised me. The problem is that one of the women punched the other in the head and then stepped on her foot. All the humanity of it all. Charges are pending. I bet you they are. They are pending. A new study in Brazil suggests that people who refuse to wear masks because of COVID are more likely to be a sociopath. Oh. The study of more than 1,500 people found that people who refuse such COVID safety measures exhibit higher levels of callousness, deceitfulness, and risk-taking, which is likened to traits of sociopaths. The lead researcher did caution interpretation of the results, noting, quote, we cannot state that if a person chooses not to wear a face mask, the only reason is because they are a sociopath. But you're not wearing your mask. <laughs> you're basically insane or crazy. That's it. Based on 1,500 people telling us this, that's great. Yeah. I love it. Cops in Germany responded to several reports of the sounds of gunfire. Investigators identified the apartment the sounds were coming from and got a locksmith to open the door. Once inside, they discovered no problems. Just a man in sleep in front of a TV with a loud action movie on it. What was he watching? Rambo? That could be. Predator? Maybe. Must have had the volume up. It must be a sound sleeper. Needs his hearing fixed. What? Yes. Staying in Germany, a 39-year-old tattoo addict had his ears removed and now keeps them in a jar. <laughs> the guy is called Sandro, or Mr. Skullface, on social media. He's had 17 extreme body modifications, including forehead implants, forearm implants, back-of-the-hand implants, and under-the-skin payment implant, and tongue splitting. He is now planning to have the tip of his nose cut off and his eyeballs tattooed. Sandro, oddly enough, says he's currently unemployed and not in a relationship. Oh, that's a huge surprise. Those are, that's very shocking news. I'm glad that was added to the story. Yeah. My real quick question, why? Yep. That's it. Just why? Why are you unemployed and not in a relationship is the biggest question. Maybe well, it's because I, of these items you decided to do. That question. When, did, when have you done a hand implant? <laughs> are you getting that done this year? No, I, I'm going to put that off. How about the implant and the tongue splitting? No, no. I like my tongue. Okay. Now, forehead implants, considering my receding hairline, maybe I need to consider that. I don't know. Some people find that sexy. Okay. I'll ask my wife. A man in Minnesota now holds the Guinness World Record for the tallest mohawk. His mohawk extends 42 and a half inches high. It's not the first time Joseph Grisamore has gone for this record. His attempt in 2007 came up short. Stylists say it took a half can of hairspray to get this effort to stand up to the challenge. Does this also say in the story that this person is currently unemployed and not in a relationship? Is that also in there as well? I, I, Did you just I, not no, read it? I, I don't know. Okay. Just want to double check. Yeah. And finally, an Ontario, Canada girl solved 30 Rubik's Cubes one-handed while hula hooping. That, too, is a Guinness World Record. Sankiva Rathen says this record took her less than an hour to break and was ideal for her to go for because she has limited mobility in her right hand. 
This is really impressive. I, I'm not. I know some of his other Guinness Book World Records, like the one we just talked about with the guy with the 42-inch half high hair. This is impressive. She's only got one hand that works well. It sounds like. Yep. And she could do 30 Rubik's cubes while hula hooping. Yeah. I mean that's that's impressive. I don't think I could solve one Rubik's cube, nor could I hula hoop for any extended period of time. I've had trouble walking and chewing gum in the past. And this, this woman's way ahead of me. So congratulations to her. That is a good place to bring to an end this week's collection of Klopp's Clips. Oh, no, not a dad joke. Why couldn't the bicycle stand up by itself? It was too tired. That joke was horrible. Game time now, and we're going to play What's That Jam? We're going to put the tour manager for Night Ranger on the spot and see how good he really is with music. Although I think we've set the bar pretty low considering the competition here from Ken. <clears throat> Thank you very little. Thank yeah. you very little. Appreciate so, uh, Ed, you're back with us. I'm going to read some uh, lyrics. We'll have some clues and some choices as well. So we'll see uh, how we do here. So here is the lyric. Seven-day weekend, up all night, in at the deep end, hang on tight. Won't take a minute. It won't take long. So get on in. It's come on, come on, come on. Anybody have a guess yet, or should I go to the clues? I'm lost. Okay. Go to the clues. This song came out in 1992. This song peaked at number one on the Billboard album rock track chart and number 15 on the Billboard Hot 100. And the lyrics are about a teenager disobeying the orders of his parents. Any guesses or should I give you options? Ken, you got Um, anything? Oh, Ed, you got something? No. Okay, Ken? Let's go to the options. A, Let's Get Rocked by Def Leppard. B, I Want to Know What Love Is by Foreigner. C, Heaven in Your Eyes by Loverboy. Uh, Loverboy did not have a song in the 90s. Okay. Uh, I'm, I'll say it's Def Leppard, but that I, I'm a big Def Leppard fan. That's good, that's good. Wow, I'll say Def Leppard because Foreigner didn't have. Well, I know what love is. is like the eighty, early eighty or seventy, late seventies. Okay. I, 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 must, I must. I must say, I'm probably going to go with. It. What was the second choice there? Uh, I want to know what love is by Foreigner. No, that's not it. I'm going to go with Def Leppard as well. Def Leppard is correct. Let's get rocked by Def Leppard. Wow. Nice. Yeah, you can sing it. You can sing it when it's on the radio without a problem, or on your iPod right. without a problem. But man, when you hear the words, it's like, what is that? Nobody wants to hear me sing. I, I almost threw Skid Rock, Skid Row out there real quick. So, excellent job, Ken. Way to ride the coattails yet again. Way to piggyback, Ken. Nice yeah. job. Yeah. Way to piggyback. Okay. Yeah. Well, congratulations, Ed. Uh, the uh, dirty sock in the mail uh, will be. Uh, <laughs> we'll get that out to you. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. We appreciate you uh, joining us and playing along with our ridiculousness here. And best of luck with all of your different endeavors. And Thank you uh, very thank much. Thank you so much. Well, hey, good luck with this thing here. And 
hope you'll get some big sponsorship and uh, we'll see you on the big screen there, you know, the big radio station one day. Well, uh, that brings me to another question before we let you go. Does Night Ranger want to advertise on a podcast? Because I know <laughs> we'll talk about that later. All right. Okay. Wow. Wow. Always trying. We're always trying. Always working. Always trying. There you yeah. go. So that's going to wrap up episode 18 for two middle-aged men in Cleveland. What a great story about the Renaissance man, Steady Eddie Ripepe. Was his career path chosen by using a dartboard, you think? That's a great question. I don't, we didn't have the chance to ask him that. You know, when you grew up, did you think he'd be doing all these different jobs? One, at the same time, but two, just kind of changing careers as you've gone? It's, it's unbelievable. Just amazing yeah. guy. Hey, we have some Facebook likes to get to. Mark Reinhardt, Doug Hauser, Georgia Kaufman, Callum Parnell, and Stephanie Yaki all gave us a like, and we thank them for that. So if you'd like to interact with us, we are on Facebook. We're also on Instagram, 2MAMIC1702, and on Twitter, at 2MAMICLE. There's also a chance to... Leave us a voicemail, Ken, and we can answer those voicemails on the show, right? Oh, absolutely. Go to anchor.fm backslash 2-M-A-M-I-C-L-E. You click the link and a little plus sign with the word message, and then you can leave us a message, ask a question, and we can answer those questions on future episodes. I cannot wait for next week's show. We're going to talk to a pair of snake venom extractors from the Kentucky Reptile Zoo. Snake venom extractors. Maybe that's something Eddie Repepe could get into as well. It seems like that fits in with, with what he does. Should, so, have, should have checked with him on that one too, right? Absolutely. Yeah, oh, that's that, his That side should be job. a very interesting interview. Yes, he, that should he be comes, interesting. He comes back from the canine searches and does uh, some snake venom extractors. Could be. Yeah. No, looking forward to that interview. That'll be fun. Well, until next week, Ken, let's just remember, when it's all said and done, we're two middle-aged men in Cleveland. Two Middle-Aged Men in Cleveland is sponsored by Anchor.fm. Everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor.fm to get started.